Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Welcome to Preach, Care, Preach with the Pro. We are the Prophets, man. Here, my boy Rashad. How's it going, dog? What's up, big dog? How you doing, man? I'm good. Man, same old, same old. Hey, I've been I've been checking every game out. This I've been checking every game out. This uh, you know, basketball, NBA. Watching, trying to watch a little college basketball. Trying to watch a little college football when I can. Um, last night, you know, you know, my Lakers uh beat the Warriors. The Warriors lost again. Um, not a surprise. Not a surprise. <laughs> um, but an uh, entertaining game. Rockets versus Clippers, though. That you know, that was pretty. You know, that was pretty nice, and uh, the Rockets pulled it out. Kawhi actually played in the game. Um, yeah, that's that a was potential <laughs> playoff preview. You know, I got that as my Western Conference Finals matchup. Hey, and it, it, it was it was a good game. You know, uh, you got Russ talking about Pat Bev after after the fact, saying he don't really play defense; he just run around, make it look good, which. You know, I'm not saying he don't play defense, but I mean, outside of defense and running around, what else did he do? He was talking a lot to begin, you know, to start the season off. So, you know, it's I don't know, it's kind of crazy though. Yeah, with Pat Bev, that's that's kind of his his niche. You know, he he plays defense at times, but I think he's mostly there just to be an irritant, just to get up under people's skin. You know, just kind of keep talking trash or. Really, just kind of take that star player out of their game. Yeah, I mean, he he talked too much to not be a uh, to be a star, in my opinion. You know, I I guess that makes a little sense, but um, so does Draymond. Yeah, that's true. At least Draymond get triple doubles though. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Pat Bev get on people's nerves. So, I mean, it kind of worked. You know, he gets somebody ejected to throw them off their game instead of going for thirty. They may go for thirteen. Right. So um, this kind of leads into uh, you know James Harden putting up forty seven points last night, seven assists, six rebounds, and you know uh, I, I, I've been I've been watching your Twitter and you've been pretty uh pretty adamant and I and I want you to state your case, um, you know how about that you know how you're ready to say that that James Harden is better than Dwayne Wade. So I, I'm gonna need you to I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the floor and go ahead and go ahead and state your case, man. Oh, for sure, man. James Harden is the third best shooting guard in NBA history. Now, the people who are Wade fans, the, you know, the 
the Miami Heat lovers, all that kind of stuff, Wade County, all that. They're going to ride with Dwayne Wade no matter what, which is totally fine. But when you take resume out of it, because everybody looks at Dwayne Wade and remembers him from that 2006 championship run where they came back down from 2-0 on the Mavs and he went crazy. But really, outside of that, what else did he really do? Because if LeBron didn't come to Miami, I think Wade's legacy would be way, way different. And there's no guarantee that he would have held up in the first place because during his prime, he was always injured and missing games. So as a scorer, I think James Harden is one of the top five scorers ever. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and I would say Larry Bird because he was, you know, even though it's the 80s, a lot of people kind of get to sleep on Larry Bird, being able to shoot the three, post up, turnaround jumper, won multiple three-point contests. He's, he has the highlight of shooting the ball over the backboard. So those would be my top five scores of all time. So I just mentioned MJ and Kobe. James Harden is right there. When you take off resume and you look at game for game, yeah, I want to say Wade's a three-time champion, all this kind of stuff. When you take that off, Harden is the better player. So, argument number one, as far as people want to say, well, Harden shoots the ball way more than Wade. Actually, he doesn't. If you look at from age 23 to age 30, if you average out the shot attempts, Dwayne Wade averaged 18.9. James Harden went to Houston at age 23, and he's currently in his age 30 season. He averages 19.4 shot attempts. That's almost as even as you can get on that point. So the whole Harden jacks up way more shots, that's null and void. The second argument for Harden being better than Wade is defense. Everybody wants to credit Wade for being this elite defender. Well, when it comes to total steals during this same time period, age 23 to age 30, James Harden has 972 steals. D-Wade has 969. It's only three, but Harden is an underrated on-ball defender. Granted, Wade is a way, way, way better shot blocker, but just one-on-one, I think that's an even matchup. I saw Harden defend guys like Aiden in the post or Gobert in the post. He was defending Kawhi just last night. So I saw Harden put up elite defensive performances. And if you want to go analytical, Hardest offensive rating is a 118. D-Wade's offensive rating is a 112. Defensive rating, Hardest is 106. Wade is a 103. So Harden won the offensive and defensive rating battle. The third argument for Harden being better than Wade, he's always healthier. I value health. If you're on the court, you can produce, you can win games. And if you're not on the court, you can be like Dwayne Wade's team's you know, being under 500 or being in the lottery. Harden hasn't been in the lottery. Harden is always winning games. And that's the fourth argument. Harden has proven he has the ability to carry. He's been in the MVP race the last five seasons, and I think he's in it right now along with LeBron James. And we can argue Harden should have won at least three instead of just one. I think Wade was probably with an MVP consideration maybe twice. Never won one. So I think people just fall in love with Dwayne Wade and just his heroics, you know, from the 06 year. And they just kind of always put that on him like, oh, he's this great. When you add a resume into it, yes, Wade is 
the third best shooting guard behind MJ and Kobe. But when you take resume off of it, look at player for player, give me heart number way any day. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people's career, I mean, it does get saved. Um, you know, you know, I've been an admin about Kevin Durant saved the Warriors. Uh, LeBron James did, did in fact save Wade. Now you can look on the other end and say, well, Durant didn't win till he got there. And you can say LeBron, you know, didn't win the championship till he got there. But you got to think of where those two players were joining those teams. And, uh, you know, Wade was on the way down. The Miami Heat was not a good team. I mean, they made the playoffs, but you didn't expect anything from them. Um, I think the whole time while he, while James Harden had been in Houston, you know, you you expect him to be in the Western Conference Finals. You expect him, okay, yes, the Warriors are stacked, but we still we still blame Harden if he don't quote unquote show up, which you know that's you know that's really a a narrative that that does not fit the bill. I mean, he's always he always there. So what if you have a bad shooting night? I mean, that that's just you know that that just happens, you know, and. My, my my really whole thing about the Wade and Harden thing, I think the only reason why people won't, you know, won't take your side on it is really is only because of the 06 championship. Because outside of that, like you said, there's, there's really nothing that Wade did out, out, outstanding. I mean, yes, I mean, the love of Dwayne Wade goes, you know, you know, goes probably beyond basketball. So I guess it's kind of hard to let that go. Um, but he was on the way down, breaking down. And, you know, LeBron James masked that a little bit because the Wade didn't have to take on that superstar role anymore once LeBron got there. So, and, you know, and injuries played a role in that. So, I, you know, it's kind of – but we can't knock James Harden because the way he got hurt, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm, I'm I'm definitely on the side of you, but, you know, I might not say it right now, but I know when it's all said and done, yes, I'm t- I would take James Harden um, definitely over Dwayne Wade when it's all said and done. Maybe not right now, but I think it's only because of the 06 championship – I think if Hardy ever gets a ring, I think that's all he needs to do. Yeah, a ring would definitely solidify it. But like I said, if you take just skill set for skill set, Wade, Wade would, I would, he wouldn't get my vote for anything except for shot blocking and resume. And I think Harden, free throws, uh, shooting the three ball, playmaking, anything you can think of offensively, I would give that. As a, even like dude, he was mainly a slash. He wasn't a shooter. He had, he had some mid range moves, some mid range shots. But I give Harden the nod in every category, offensively and defensively. Wade would get the shot blocking advantage, but on ball defense, stealing the ball. I would say that's a that's an even uh, even matchup. And I just value Harden's ability to carry a team because I mean, outside of maybe. Three years was Wade really the best player on his team at all times? Because in 2005, he still had Shaq, who still had some diesel left in the tank. And then, of course, he got LeBron in 2011-2012. But if you look at Harden, since he's joined the Rockets, his win percentage as a starter, is a, his record is 360 and 196, and that's a 64.7 win percentage. D-Wade from 2005 to 2010 – has a 56% win percentage. And if you add the two years with LeBron, 11 and 12, it goes up to 59% because we're only doing age 23 to 30. So I just think Harden can carry a team better. I can't say further because he hasn't made the finals yet. Granted, he's played in the same era as the Warriors with Kevin Durant and all that kind of stuff. But player for player, I'll take Harden over Wade. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all about situations. 
Dwayne Wade had Pat Riley versus Harden has Mike D'Antoni and uh, who was that? Yeah, Kevin McHale. Scott Scott Brooks. That's not you know that's not the best of coaches. Um, yeah, like you said, Shaq versus I mean who was Harden's next best guy next to him? I mean Chris Paul before yeah, Dwight Howard. Dwight, Dwight he, I mean uh, yeah, he that's, ended up leaving. Lou Will. I mean <laughs> like he, I mean they, they, this this is not it's not Shaq. And then again, it's not LeBron James. So or I mean Chris Bosh. Right, so the all the, I mean, like I said, situations matter. So his legacy is going to be impacted just like just like the Warriors. You know, they 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 a little higher on the pedestal because of because of the championships when you know Kevin Durant was probably the savior. But you know, that's just a like I said, that's just a narrative that you know that that we have, we have we meaning the general public has created. So um, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm on board with you with the harder thing. So you know, you you ain't got you ain't got to convince me. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure what people are waiting on, man. We're we're living in hardest prime, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Yeah, I it's, I think it's only it's only the the the, the ring, in my opinion. And that's really the only thing they're gonna take away from it, you know. Because um, like if you look at the 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 NBA standards right now, the Rockets are eight and three, and this is what the most wide open that the the NBA has. You know, has been so for this season. Harden has no excuse. You got the Rockets eight and three. Uh, you know, a lot of different teams have been surprises this season, uh, like Utah Jazz. I didn't think they would be this good, but obviously, when you got you play defense, and now you have Mike Conley, they're getting better. You got the Suns up here, the Mavericks, who we didn't really expect. Um, and you, you know, you, you've been harping on this. Boston nine and one. Um, they're right there at the top of the. I mean, I guess technically the best record in the NBA. So, um, anything you want to say about Boston? Man, I just figured they would be the one seed in the East because the young guys are taking a lead. Even though they don't have Al Horford, it's just those guys are energized by Kimba being in that locker room. Kyrie, he doesn't elevate players and make players better. Just look at what he's doing now with Brooklyn. They're what four and six they they had that same four and six start off with d'angelo russell so is Kyrie even better than d is he a better leader than d because he's definitely a better leader than kimba kimba has came to boston and he's energized that team and i said back in july when they signed him like they're gonna be on pace to win 55 to 60 games well you are you know my biggest thing with boston and they still get. They better get a big man. I, I'm waiting for Steve Adams. I'm waiting for Clint Capellas. I've been. I've been trying to push this along. I don't know. I mean, Kenner. Kenner's not the guy who I would have traded for. But either way, uh, you said it, man. Uh, Kyrie versus like Kimba. You know, we've been harping on this for so long now that Kimba and Kyrie are on the same level. I, and like people was okay. Kyrie this. Kyrie that. When you have to explain to me that Kyrie is better than someone because he can dribble. That does not move no needle for me. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't move. It, it, it we're not talking about something. I mean, anybody can. I mean, make one move and go. I mean, you don't really see. I mean, the, the guy, the guys in the world like LeBron, he just go. Um, I mean, yes, he's bigger than everybody, but um, Kobe, you know, he got, you know, you got, you got your variety of moves, but it's not like you have to break someone to go get a, you know, get a bucket. This is not and one. He's not the professor. He's not hot sauce. Um, he's Uncle Drew. <laughs> he's yeah, he's Uncle Drew. yeah, he's Uncle Drew. Um, but no, no, it's like you know Kyrie. You know the Boston Celtics would not be nine and one if Kyrie was there on that team. Um, you know everybody well, had. I can't, I, I can't, I can't say that because his first year there, the first ten games, they were eight and two. 
Okay, maybe. Okay, okay, the, okay, the, ske- the schedule the schedule permits that they probably would be nine and one because they really ain't playing nobody outside of Toronto, uh, Philly, and I think Milwaukee. Okay, so they 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 two and one in those games, but Toronto don't have Kawhi no more, so it's kind of really just they one and one against Raptors and the uh, all right, but the Sixers and the Bucks. Anyway, Kimba Kimba is just like you know he's been he put the Hornets on the map. The Hornets, you know, when the times they make the playoffs. You know, it's it's him or is him or bust. I mean, his best players were Jeremy Lamb, Al Jeff, for a while. Uh, like a kid, Gilchrist, my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh, Marvin my Williams. Goodness. <laughs> Let's we can keep going down the line. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Bacon, no, it's not. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, I just I've I've always been the uh, you know we know you know I've been the president of Kyrie Hater Club for a while. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's a bad player. I, I'm not saying that. I think he's he probably is a top five point guard in the game. But um, Kimba, Kimba, him is like when when people say when people like we said that before, they always got like so mad. I was like, like oh he oh he, oh, he go he go a perfect example. They always say, well Kyrie hit the game in the finals. Okay, Dame could have done it. Uh, Kimba could have done it. D Lo could do it. But one thing you got you got to get there and. How did he? How did he get there? That's you know, that's the that's the thing that people have to realize. Like he got there because LeBron James came to Cleveland, and LeBron said, "I'm gonna go to Charlotte." What would happen with Kimba Walker? He probably would have been a, a two-time champion right now. Uh, and the way you look at Kimba and Kyrie would be totally different. Um, I mean, because they pretty much average what the same thing. Pretty much, if we look at the last three years. You know, they, they, they were both all-stars the last three years. Kimba is around 23.7 points, so 24. Kyrie's at 24.5. Assists, 5.7 for Kimba, 6 for Kyrie. Rebounds, 3.8 for Kimba, 4 for Kyrie. So pretty much, even across the board, the only nod Kyrie gets is efficiency. He's closer to 48, 49%, and Kimba's around 43, 44. And I still give Kimba the benefit of the doubt in that regard because he has to jack up more shots. He's being double teamed. Kyrie's playing with LeBron. And then, of course, with Boston, you had the the young guys. Even Granted, Kyrie would always try to get busy on his own, but still, you know, Kimba was playing in a way worse situation than Kyrie's ever had. Yeah, and don't forget, don't forget who, 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 who Boston really had. Al Horford, that point guard system. I mean, look at Isaiah Thomas. He was a top five player in the league. At, I mean, it, it, for that season. I mean, I don't. I don't. I, you can hard to name five people that was better than him. Uh, what top five MVP vote getter that season? You had Terry Rozier when he comes in. He looked like a starter. Uh, and then you got Kyrie, and then you got Kimba. So you know, I think it'll be very interesting to see what they're all four of those guys like their per thirty six with is when it's all like toward the end of the season. Just to see like. How much? How much does this point guard means for Brad Stevens? Because he had a point guard in college for for Butler when he was there with Shelvin Mack. So he all he always had that. He always had a point guard that you know that's I won't say ball dominant, but has a ball in his hands to to make plays, score the basketball, all all, all of that nature. And um, Kimba, I mean, I, I just think Kimba's Kimba's a better fit. Uh, I, I've always heaped on heaped on Boston because I don't I, I think that Danny Ainge is, has refused to get a big man. Um, you know, even Al Horford, I think Al Horford been playing out, out of position his whole career, and now he's finally in the right, you know, right position in, in Philadelphia as a power forward. Um, but they still can be a good team. They still can be a team that's hard to deal with. 
And you know, with Kyrie, I don't think those guys like play with him so much. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what it was. Like I said, the leadership plays a big role of how of how good a team can be, especially when you're the best player on the team. And it's like now, it's like now you see a new different energy, and obviously, maybe maybe Kyrie bounced too early because of the fact that. Gordon Hayward got hurt, so that kind of washed away a year and a half because he missed the whole season and he come back. He's he's trying to find himself. Um but but now you go I mean Gordon Hayward just got hurt again, but you gotta think what he was what he was doing in, in his first few games. I mean, he was back to Gordon Hayward from Utah. That's that's what it that's what it seemed like to me. And if that's the case, if he's that level, Tatum and Brown's on the rise, and you have a better leader in Kimball, I mean Boston, Boston should be right there when it's all said and done. Versus, you know, them having a Kyrie on their team. I, it, I think it's, I think it, it opens up Tatum, Tatum and and Brown feel more relaxed. And I don't know what it is. Maybe Kyrie just gave off a bad energy, bad, bad vibes. I don't know. What do you think? He's just a weird dude, you know, with the <laughs> flat earth. He does the flat earth stuff, and he's just, he's one of the guys you don't know what you're gonna get from day to day. It'll be, you know, as it's been reported. It'll be days where he'll go without talking to anybody. Then there'll be some days he's the, you know, he's the clown in the locker room. He's the guy that's joking, having fun. So you just never know what you're going to get with him, at least with Kimba. We value consistency. So with Kimba, you know what you're going to get every day in the locker room. Personality-wise, he's going to encourage guys, hey, keep shooting it, man. Hey, next time, step into it, make that shot. Versus Kyrie, who will be out there rolling his eyes, shrugging his shoulders, <laughs> acting, like a, acting like a diva. Getting mad because he didn't get the ball. Then he does get the ball. He's dribbling thirty-five times, taking contested fadeaway jumpers. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, this this Kemba versus Kyrie debate. I mean, I I think we I think we can pretty much almost put it to bed as far as like I mean, now that you have you have a lot of you have a lot of info now like that. I mean, outside like I said, outside of LeBron years, and LeBron chose to go to Charlotte instead. It's a whole it's a whole different story, you know. Um but I've been, you know what, I've been impressed about though. Um, you know, outside of those, that that fact is the East has been playing, playing actually pretty good. You know, is it, that is that whole um, that whole the East ain't got nothing. Blah blah blah. Coming to this season, Boston, Toronto, Heat, Bucks, Sixers, Pacers. It's not the order I thought was going to happen. I didn't. I thought Heat would be at the bottom, seven seed, maybe trying to fight in. Um, I thought of Boston would be more middle pack. I mean, like I said, it's only ten games, eleven games in. Uh, but, but the teams that we both, uh, you know, all, well, the three teams that we thought was going to be at the top right now in the middle: Bucks, Sixers, Pacers. You got the West. Now tell me, how is the Suns and the Timberwolves <laughs> out here winning these games? Because now I was very, you know, I was so happy when, 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 when the Suns finally said, "Man, let's go get a point guard. Let's get D Book off the ball." And let's give. <laughs> hey, I love Rookie Rubio, man. That's my that's my dude, bro. Like when you play, y'all. Rookie Rubio is a superstar when you play for Spain, and all he had to do was come down to be above average. Hey, I like the Suns, man. Even without Aiton suspended, they still balling. Yeah, hopefully they can stay competitive. They've been doing it so far, but hopefully during this next stretch they can stay competitive and continue to win some games. They'll be a surprise team. Um, you mentioned the East. I think the Heat are kind of catching everybody off guard. Uh, I think we had them around the same spot, around six or seven for the playoff projection. Um, right now, the Pacers are at six. I think that's pretty good for them, considering they're missing Oladipo. They, they, they started off bad. Out of his mind. 
Yeah, they. This, I think the, the, the Pacers started off like what 0 and 3, 0 and 4, they something did. like that. So they, they they turned up real quick. Yeah, I think they'll eventually get back into that top three or four space. I think the Heat will start to not regress terribly, but I think they'll still be around a three four seed. And in the West, I gotta give you guys a shout out, man. Carl Anthony Towns, he not getting pushed around no more. Hey, he barking now. Yeah, he he bark he barking back. <laughs> And uh, I think the Wolves finally have a coach they believe in, and they're they're playing hard for him. I know Wiggins has always taken a lot of criticism, but he's what we thought he would be. But it's over a more consistent span right now. You know, he he's getting twenty five or more pretty consistently, and it was always a knock on him. He would get twenty five, and it'd be like a quiet twenty five. But now <laughs> that that twenty five is like, oh, he's he's out here getting it. And my surprise team, the Kings, man, they're uh, they're right below five hundred. Hopefully they can they can get it. There. Hopefully they can turn it around and make me look good as a surprise playoff team. Uh, plenty more runway to go. And uh, but so far looking good on their Blazers pick, man. They're hey. not doing. They're not playing pretty good right now. You know, they lost to the Kings without Fox, without Bagley. And I was, I think I was like, man, this is the Blazers team I've been telling y'all about this whole time. I don't care that they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They' sorry, like they should. They, I think, I think Dame, they, they, Dame is too good to let them. Just like we talk about James Harden about like probably over, you know, over exceeding expectations. Dame was so good, it, it being like maybe you know, it's in my, in my opinion, a top ten NBA player. He's been so good. They've been overexceeding him and CJ McCullough overexceeding being a three seed when they really a seven, being a four seed when they really a eight, and finally is 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 what I want to happen because I don't believe in Terry Stotts. I want him out of there. I want him, the GM to break it all down, send CJ McCullough out of here, and rebuild, restart with uh my boy Big Dane because one you shouldn't have drafted Nazir Little. It's the same thing as a Minu except more athletic. Miles, uh, you got Whiteside. Whiteside's playing pretty good, but that, he should. Defense, rebounds, that's easy. Uh, you're not asked to do a lot of things. It's, uh, you know, I think, well, what's the name, got, what's the name out for the uh, for a couple um, couple weeks, months? Uh, Zach Collins. Uh, Nurkic. Yeah. Um, Nurkic, too. Yeah, I forgot about Nurkic. He's ain't, he ain't having came back yet. So, I mean, I, I think this is the final. I think this is what you needed if you bla- as a Blazer fan. Like, because you're always over-exceeding and you can't really get better because – you at the end of the drafts, and you, all you do is go in the playoffs, be disappointed, get swept by somebody, whether it's the Pelicans, whether it's the Warriors. It doesn't matter who it was. You just getting swept. Um, and I mean, they was they was it was shocked actually to beat Denver. Like nobody goes into Denver and wins. Uh, I think Denver had the best home record last season. So you know, you, like I said, you over exceeding expectations. And like you 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 called it. I, I mean, right? I mean, like I said, it's, it's early. It's twelve games in for them. It's early, but. Come on, four, four and eight, and you supposed to be a playoff team? Like the Thunder got a better record than you, bro. They got Chris Paul. That's it. The Grizz is better than you, and they best player Ricky. Like, <laughs> like it's 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 really it's really not a it's it's really unexcusable. But then again, it's like okay, this is what I want to happen. Like I I want the Blazers to finally like realize they're not good at basketball, and let's blow it up because <laughs> you know you know who better than the, uh, the Blazers. The Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> That's who better than the Blazers. Like, oh no, Tristan Thompson out here averaging like seventeen and twelve. I couldn't believe my eyes when I watched him play basketball. And, hey, he's on my fantasy team. I've been keeping up with, with double T. Hey, he 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 saw he he saw him trying to cross up somebody. <laughs> I 
I think it was uh, Yo, against the Sixers, man. He he, he wild for that one. But yeah, the, I mean the, the, the point guard is over there, right by the, the half court. Like he should have gave the ball up. number two to still, man. Yeah, he, he he must he must have had somebody in the front row watching him. Um, but 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 either way though, like this this team this team you called it. I'm glad and I'm glad they're on the way down because I you know I, I I wanted it to happen. Now a team that we talked about before, um, the Nets. And remember, I was, I was telling you. I mean, like I said, it's early still. But remember, I was telling you, I was like, man, you gonna you gonna go get now? This this was before the Kevin Durant news dropped, so we didn't know Kevin Durant was going too. But I was like, man, going from Kyrie to D'Lo, I mean, that's gonna be that's a lateral move. That's only two games, three games. You're gonna win extra. And like you said, right now they're on the same pace. They're on the same pace as they had D'Lo when they had D'Lo. So and they're at the same record, man. Like. That really gonna that really gonna go back to the to the you know y'all overhyped Kyrie. I'm sorry. Like like I said, I am the president of the Hater Club. So so if I'm hate if it's not like I'm hating, I probably am. But I got I I mean I, I think I got good reason to back it up. I mean I the think facts are the facts. <laughs> I think I mean, if they have the same record, it's not like the the, the team is the same because what, what happened last year? Karis Levert was hurt. What happened this year? Karis Levert hurt. So it, it's not like. LeVert played 82 games. You still got Denny Whitty. You still got Jared Allen. This coach is still there. Kenny Atkinson is still there. I mean, you lost Jared Dudley, but, I mean, are you going to sit here and say that Jared Dudley is the reason why you don't exceed you don't exceed the expectations that you have? So, uh, I can I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the for the Nets to be the same, same or on the same ballpark because then we're going to talk about – then I'm going to have to bring up D'Lo versus Kyrie <laughs> if, if, they, if it comes up to it. We got to. We, we got to do it, man. We got to do it because, like, hey, you nailed it, man. Like, Kyrie just doesn't elevate other players. So, if they do finish with another 42-40 and 40 record or let's say they get two or three more wins, they get to about 44 or 45, that's still not a big improvement considering the guys have another year of growth, same coach, and Kyrie is perceived as a better player. But – we only went 10, 11, 12 games in, and I always evaluate NBA teams by 10 game stretches because, you know, 10 game stretches is 80 games. So let's say you go six and four in each 10 game stretch, that's 48 wins. That's a possible playoff team. So I always evaluate NBA teams based off of that. So a lot of teams still got a chance to turn it around, but the Nets, they'll stay on that same four and six, six and four pace wind up with about 42 43 wins and we can and we can move on from the Kyrie versus Kimba to the D-Lo versus Kyrie. <laughs> hey cuz you know your boy D-Lo is out there hooping. I mean, it might be garbage time right now cuz they sorry, but he had he out there hooping. Um do you do you think a lot of these uh like these standings are more reflective of just the te- the NBA being a, a, like balanced or do you think this low management situation uh you know Davis sat out last night. You know, Kawhi says out. Um. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
<laughs> you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. And I think it's going to spread around because when you have Ben Simmons getting hurt, um, who else got hurt this season uh, so far? Yeah, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Kyle Lowry. Middleton. Um, he's hurt. That's going to be huge for the Bucks too. Oh, definitely because he yeah he's second best player. I think Blesso Blesso was banged up too, if I'm not mistaken. So like you you got a lot yeah, of yeah. Steph is already out. Clay. Nolan Durant, they've been out since the offseason. But a lot of guys been going down this year, man. It almost makes it seem like the players now are just fragile. Like, do they need some milk or something? <laughs> they, need some, they need some milk. But no, for real, though, uh, like, it's like the standards are going to reflect right now a little bit a little bit both. You you got the you got the balance of the NBA now and you you have you have team people going down and people taking nights off. Um because hey, you got two suspensions too with Aiden and uh, John Collins. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Then you and you know one thing. One thing about it though is like the, the like first thing with the Timberwolves. Like we, we we talked about them, cat finally barking up, blah blah, all this other stuff. They all of a sudden they a playoff team. Like that's crazy. Like <laughs> like you know I mean you see in the end of the day they are playoff team. I think you know I think that's pretty wild. Um, but you seen you seen like the Rockets and how they use Russ. Russ took a night off against the Kings. Okay, they can beat the Kings, and they did with, without. You know, without uh, not not Kings, all the Grizzlies, Grizzlies without Russ, that you can do that. Like, and I think I think the low management is probably the smart. I mean, it's smart, bro. I, I don't I don't really see like like I said, Lakers going. Let's say Lakers playing the Ma- uh the Magic and the Pistons back to back nights. I don't think we need LeBron James to beat the Pistons. Or you know, what I'm saying? Or, or the Magic. You know, what I'm saying like, I don't think we yeah, need not, him. Not without, yeah, not with Blake Griffin being banged up also. Right. Derrick Rose is either banged up or took a night off, so. I think people are forgetting that low management has been around for a while. It's just now it's become more prominent because one of the guys you want to be the face of the league and Kawhi is doing it. So now it's frowned upon because I remember when LeBron left the Heat and even sometime while he was there, Dwayne Wade wouldn't play in some back-to-backs on like those 2012-2013 runs. Like it's because he had tendonitis. He wouldn't play in some of the back-to-backs with the Clippers. Blake Griffin would take some nights off. You got Joel Embiid. He takes some nights off because he would know he has a chronic issue, but nobody wants to give Kawhi their chronic issue pass because they want him to be the next face of the league because we know LeBron, as great as he is, as much as we all love him, you know, I tell everybody, enjoy this guy while he's here because it'll be another 20 years before we get another LeBron James. So, but they want to position Kawhi to be the next face of the league, but he's sitting out games, and that kind of is running people the wrong way. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's, it's, it, that's all about how you know how they want to look at it. And eighty-two games—that's too. I mean, in my opinion, it's too—it's too much. I, I understand that. I think that it's not a bad thing because I think you need you need to play away and home versus the East because you might meet them in the NBA Finals. I think you need to play two. On the road against you know against the same side and two at home because you might meet them in the playoffs. I I think that I mean I think that's where the eighty two idea came from, is because you need to make sure you know how to game scheme you know how to game plan against these teams because in a series everything's different. A night where 
you're flying here and you're flying there. Boom, I got you back to back. You know, those 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 take a toll on you. So I don't when you have two stars, three stars, I don't I don't I don't think it's a problem. I mean the Suns like like last night the Lakers won without Anthony Davis there. So, and with, with LeBron and Kuzma, that's enough. You know, you you got let's say let's say for example a, another team. I, I mean, I guess they really can't load manage because they haven't done anything to load manage. But if if Tim Wolves got you know three games in five nights, I mean, let's sit cat down for. I mean, because one game out at this t- point in time is not going to cost us. I mean, when you look back at it, maybe it did, but no, you had opportunities to win other type of games, so you can't really put pinpoint to that one thing. So. Look, the low management is going to be there, and it's not going away. Um, so, I mean, if, if you got a problem with it, hey, you might need to go and get over it because it's going to happen, and it's probably beneficial. Because would you rather low manage now or low manage in June, meaning meaning you at home now and watching the NBA Finals instead of playing it? So, you know, pace. You know, it's a it's a it's a pace game. It's not a it's not a sprint, man. It's a marathon. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with low management, and. I know a lot of people who are older, they always say, well, man, these guys are soft, they need to toughen up, because the Michael Jordan era, the Matty Johnson era, Lambert, those guys were playing 82 games every night with, you know, less travel accommodation. They were flying commercial, and they didn't have the, you know, the the stuff we have now, all the amenities of training, nutrition, you know, all the recovery stuff, so... I can understand where a lot of the older pundits are coming from about how these young guys are taking a, taking advantage of this low management thing, but that's part of it. These guys have seen Larry Bird break down with back injuries and all the guys that beat themselves up during that era. Now they want to prolong their careers, make more money, and things like that. Hey, I'm right. I'm I'm right. I'm right there with you. I, I mean, I just it just think it just it just blowing out of proportion just just a little bit too much, uh, you know. If from 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 my take, and um, so one more basketball news. Uh, my Kentucky Wildcats, man, upset it, <laughs> upset it by Evansville. You know, the thing is, I know like Evansville. You know, because I've I've been playing college hoops two K eight still. It's two thousand nineteen. I still be playing two K two K eight on PS three, but. Either way, um, they lost sixty-seven to sixty-four at home as the number one team. Um, this is a week after beating Michigan State, um, you know, by seven points. And yeah, you know, f- first thing is terrible. <laughs> it just is really un- unexcusable. Um, the the second thing you got you got you got John Calipari saying like stuff happens. Um, you know, we're gonna grow from it. We're gonna learn from it. And when you look back at it. It might be the greatest thing to ever happen. Um, so you got Walter McCarthy, a former Wildcat, came in came in the Rupp Arena and won against Calipari and, and and the boys. But you know, it, it's you know what's funny though. Like, I guess now I'd rather happen it now than it you know happens February because February is when you're supposed to be primed and getting ready for March Madness, and you can't be losing to Evansville at this. You know what I'm saying? At or like even a sorry SEC team at that time. I feel like I feel like you shouldn't be. At that, at this stage of point, if you think you're a championship team, you shouldn't be losing those games during that stretches early in the season. I can let it go because if they had lost to Michigan State by two or three points, you would say, okay, they freshmen, um, you know, they they trying to learn who who they are, what they are, um, and then they, let's say they go and smack Evansville by forty. 
nobody cares. It's Evansville. But if it's the opposite way, you know, what kind of team is this? <laughs> and you beat Michigan State, but you can't beat Evansville. So what, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, it might be the greatest thing to happen to Kentucky, but when you when you look at it like that, what I mean, what kind of vibes do you get from it? I'm really fine with it because, as Perry said, this is a learning tool for those players. So when February and March does come around, hey, we've been here, we've lost to Evansville. Like you know, he can he can bring it up. Like you're you guys are not invincible. Mm-hmm. You have to bring you have to bring your best effort every night just because you see. Oh, this school is from this conference, or they can't compete with us. When it comes to basketball, we know we've seen it in the March Madness. If some shots get going, mm. the team if a team comes with some heart, and you give them a chance to steal a game, it can happen. So I think this is the, like you said, the perfect time to drop a game like this to this kind of opposition. So going forward, you know, for the next thirty plus games, bring it every night because you can suffer a loss like this. Yeah, I, I, one thing I want to bring up, like just this past weekend, we talked about on, on the last podcast on Tuesday about you know New Orleans Saints losing a game to the Falcons, uh, a game that where they had a bye, a game where they're at home versus a one and seven Falcons team. And my thing is, at this point, at this point of the NFL season, okay, you may drop one, but you can't drop that one. Like you know, if you lose to the Carolina Panthers, okay. Or you lose to a team that's fighting the wild card, okay. But when you lose to a team like that, like you say, it's all possession because this is the same team that went five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater. And I think if if they went four and one with Teddy Bridgewater, when you when you deemed it as a success without Drew Brees, yeah, it would definitely be a success. Um, but I think the losses that that's say that it would have lost while Teddy was in, people wouldn't put up a big fuss about it just because they feel like, oh, well, he's the backup, quote-unquote backup, because we know Teddy's a starter-level QB. But people would have been like, oh, well, he's the backup. To go 4-1 and one without Drew Brees, that's, you consider that a win. But when they lose to the Falcons, no excuse for it. It's your rival. It's your home game. You know, that's a game you should just get up for automatically. You've had time to scheme for this team. You've seen them twice a year. There's no reason they should have lost that game. That's why it's being looked at in a negative light. Yeah, and I, I think this is why this would be the same thing, um, you know, for Kentucky, but the opposite because it's it's too early. And when you, you know, Coach K has some has bad losses in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, obviously we won a lot of championships, but he has bad, like, out of Calipari, the Roy Williams, like, maybe not Bill Self. Bill Self been losing too to bad people, but. Like Coach K got some bad lead highs of the world, and I was I was it wasn't it uh was it Norfolk, North Norfolk State I think uh I, I can't remember I, can't remember. I, I think I, I want to say Norfolk uh beat him beat him too, but it's like you these are these are games you can't lose, um uh, you know to to a South Carolina team who who wasn't who wasn't that great, um you know that's just what it is I I just I just think it's just like just a um. A narrative thing, and, and when when stuff happens, my Kentucky boys gonna be fine because we gonna beat Ohio State for Ohio State fans who who listening. We gonna beat Louisville too, just like we always do. Well, I'm gonna talk trash anyway until it happens. Got you, man. <laughs> with your boys. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, let's move on to the stretch four uh, segment. Um, the stretch four segment is brought to you by 
My bookie, uh, one of the biggest games this weekend is uh, Houston and Baltimore. And I want to bet this game because, I mean, I just – Houston uh, – Deshaun Watson versus Lamar, I got to. Um, but if you're just like me, you, you want to bet on this game, go to mybookie.com and use promo code 12OUNSPORTS for a deposit bonus up to 1K. That's $1,000, and you can play it today. Uh, once again, that's 12 ounce sports. the number one, the number two. O zero S P O R T S for a promo code up to a thousand dollars and play right now. Hey, and I'm very excited for that game coming up this weekend. Um, the stretch for a segment, man. You know what we did last week? I thought it was pretty funny, so you know I, I had I had to bring it back. So I got I got four more four more for you. So here my, here's here's my four, and then we are gonna talk about which one which one is the stretches or the stretches uh, coming up. So here we go. Number one. The Miami Dolphins will win five of their last seven games and finish with the exact same record they had last year at 79. All right. Number two, a white person will win the NFL MVP. Uh, number three, Cam Newton will be the face of the Los Angeles Chargers. And then number uh, number four, UGA will win out and win the uh, national championship. So, all right, Dolphins not happening, bro. <laughs> hey, that's not happening. Hey, Dolphin, Dolphins, the the toughest Dolphins games left are the Bills, the Eagles, and the Patriots. They can get, they can maybe beat the Bills this weekend. They can probably catch Cleveland. They're at home. Jets, Bengals, like they can do it. No, I'm not rolling with that Miami. Uh... I can't roll with that. I, I can I can defend Cam being a potential charger because it's LA, Hollywood, they need a superstar to sell some tickets. And I already have Phillip Rivers going to the Tampa Bay Bucks this off season, so I can see that happening. And then you mentioned um the MVP race. McCaffrey is still in the race because Mahomes could get hurt again, Russ could get hurt, Lamar could get hurt. And the Panthers could still make the playoffs, and they'll give McCaffrey's case a little bit more viability. Plus, he's going to probably approach or possibly break some records. So I can see both of those happening. Um, they're not too far-fetched, but definitely the Dolphins, man. The Dolphins are headed for a top-five pick. They'll probably wind up getting Chase Young or two or something like that. All right, and what about the UG- UGA will win out and win the championship? Man, don't even get me started, man. Usually, they probably won't even. They won't. They won't even beat Auburn this weekend, man. They won't even beat Auburn this weekend. <laughs> hey, you beat Auburn, you beat LSU, you probably gonna be a top. They might, they might put you one or two in in and have you know not home field advantage, but you know you're one or two seed. You might get a. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you might get Bama again for the third time, and if two if two struggles, there's no Jalen Hurts to save you. You know. I mean, I know we're gonna talk about it in more detail, man. But the college football playoff, this thing is just ridiculous. Like they need to come up with some actual criteria for it because it's right now it's just the who do you like, who do you want in? Because okay, LSU at the time they beat Texas, they were number nine, and they've beaten their SEC counterparts to get to number one, which is totally understandable. In Ohio State, they've dominated everybody. They got to win over a good Wisconsin team. Good win over Cincinnati. So Ohio State has earned their two spot. And then you have Clemson, who's undefeated. 
but they haven't faced the best opposition. But they're undefeated, and they start in the polls pretty high. So them being number three, I'm cool with. That's fine. But everything else after that, it is just so subjective. Like, to have Alabama at five, that's ridiculous to me because you have Minnesota who's undefeated, but they're number eight. And then when you look at schedule, Minnesota and Alabama's opposition almost have the same win-loss percentage. So it's like, what are you looking at? Are you favoring the brand or what is it? Because I'm pretty sure if Minnesota came into the season with the hype of a Wisconsin, a Michigan, Nebraska, something like that, they would easily be in the top four or five right now. Even at six, just they would at least be in the contention of the playoff. But it just has them behind Bama and Georgia. To me, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, Oregon, Utah, they'll work yourself out. But Minnesota is really being disrespected. Oh yeah, and I mean you can say the same thing. This is this this is something we've seen over over the years. They don't have the prestige. So a team a team like Auburn, if they was undefeated, boom, they would have been right up there. A team like uh, I mean who 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 another prestigious team that's you know that's kind of struggling right now? Uh, Texas, they was undefeated, boom, top you know top five. I, I just just nobody. I mean Minnesota, Minnesota is Minnesota in college football. Um. But they, they got, even, even uh, Baylor too, man. Like Baylor's undefeated, but because they didn't come into the season with the hype of Oklahoma or Texas, they're barely, you know, they're outside the top ten. Oh yeah, well so that's because it, they ain't got Robert Griffin. Yeah, you know, okay. without, <laughs> you know, without like that brand, that that prestigious brand and stuff like that, it's hard for certain teams to get respect. Now, granted, UCF, that's totally different. They played in a weaker conference and. All that kind of stuff. That's totally different. But when you have a Baylor or Minnesota who are in these conferences like the Big 12 and the Big 10, but they don't come into the season with the hype of the more prestigious programs, even when they succeed, they still get railroaded. Well, yeah, and they they both got, got the cards in their hands because Baylor can beat Oklahoma this weekend. They can win the Big 12. Being undefeated, Big 12, you're right there. Well, I think they're ranked like number nine, number 10. Boom! You're gonna go up five five spots at at least, so you're gonna be right. If if you outside looking in, I mean you you got you got a great argument. You know why you should be in. Same thing in Minnesota when you Minnesota has to play was uh they still have to play Wisconsin. Um, no, they they play Iowa's coming the weekend. I but I think they got Iowa they got Iowa and Wisconsin and possibly the Big Ten championship. So that's you know that's three ranked teams and. You, you got like I say, if you want to show you want to show the committee that you about it, hey, perfect opportunity. They, I mean, because in my opinion, they they should have won way more than what what that scoreboard said against Penn State. They were the better team on the field. Like like the whole time we were sitting there watching the game was like, why is Penn State ranked number four? Maybe Penn State was too high. I think and I think that's what it was. Penn State was too high, and Minnesota was too low. So it really was more of an even game, seventeen versus four. It looks like Minnesota just, you know, it looks it looks better for Minnesota case. Uh, you know, but Penn State, maybe maybe they were too high. And like you said, the the, the prestiges of Penn State put them up there so high, you know. So uh, it's kinda it's kinda crazy, but I am glad that they have their they had the season in their hands. So, you know, if they if if, if, if they both lose this weekend, you know they're gonna get killed. <laughs> That's just what it is. Yeah, my only uh you know, counterpoint to your 
Penn State was too high. Well, they did beat Iowa and they did beat Michigan. So those are their quality wins at that point in time. I don't believe were, it. I don't believe in Iowa. Yeah. Never did. Man, I, I, Iowa, I Iowa played defense. That's it. And they, they produced tight ends that we never hear about until they get to the NFL, too. Hawkinson, yeah, Fed, Kittle. <laughs> yeah, I, I was always solid. Man. I always put NFL talent out there. Um, Kurt Ferentz, he's been there for a while. He's a solid coach. They're going to always be a 8-10 win team, depending upon what the you know, what the schedule, how, how it falls as far as out of conference. And of course, if anybody emerges in the Big Ten. Yeah. I'm I'm more interested to see Baylor if, if Baylor can beat Oklahoma this weekend. I think Oklahoma probably gets them back, but and and wins it. But that's gonna that's gonna definitely gonna be exciting. But come on, man, I think I think out of the, all of these stretches, like the Dolphins might be the safest one, bro. They about they about to win this thing, man. Nah. I believe I believe I believe in I believe in Brian Flores, man. Come on, man. Bills, Browns, Eagles, Jets, Giants, Bengals. They definitely can beat. The Giants, Jets, and, and Bengals. Like <laughs> they might not win the rest of them, but those 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 three. Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins gonna mess around and not be a top five pick. Man, Dolphins better go get Kaepernick in their workout. <laughs> they, hey, they better do something though. Um, so we, we, we can talk about Kaepernick now. Uh, this this audition that's coming up Saturday. Uh, the eleven teams that's been you know that's been booked for it for now, and maybe maybe more teams will join in. Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Miami, New England, the Giants, Jets, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and as well as the Washington Redskins. Now, Arizona, Kyler Murray, no. Um, I mean, and Giants and, and Jets, you think they got their? You, you would think they got their guy for the future. I believe Cleveland has their guy for the future. Um, Kaepernick, oh, and Matt Ryan, they're almost about the same age, so it's not like that's going to change. Uh, but, I mean, in Stafford, he's not he's not going to work. But the rest of them, New England need a better quarterback, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you go in the playoffs um, with Cap, but with, you know, as, as a backup. But they, they said they said it's not a stunt. Um, you know, my biggest question was why now, you know, um, but they said on Saturday, they, they said that it's on Saturday for the area scouts to go because they're too busy during the week. So they put it on a Saturday. They can go out there and check out because you know man, man, managers and coaches won't be there because they're game planning for Sunday. Um, but this is a guy who hasn't played since 2016. Um, and for what I've heard was this is not for this season. It's more for for next season. It's more for like can we bring him in, him to camp? Uh, I think his whole situation about Kaepernick is is is, is, is like so far gone now, and I think it's about football. And we 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 I know we can sit here and talk about you know Cap what Cap was when he got out the field when he was on the 49ers. and I do want to make this point first before I let you go, Rashad, is that yes you can you maybe can point to him being blackballed a little bit maybe, but you gotta think of this too. What if this was Russ that was kneeling? What if it was Dak? Um, what if it was Mahomes? Do you think? They would be out of a job, like this for this long. No, uh, Ray Rice. He, I mean, domestic abuse against his uh, fiance now wife. Zeke was sort of in the same situation. What happened to Zeke? He's still playing because NFL don't care. They, I mean, they want the talent. You know what I mean? Like the Greg Hardys of the world. He did things of that nature, and 
he's gone. But then you got he came back with the Cowboys. He's gone again. <laughs> but yeah, but. And then you can still think about Kareem Hunt, Tyree Hill. Right, and, and they, the those, list goes on and on. It, it goes on and on. And every, everything that I'm looking at, I always see the point on the talent. Like, if, if, if it was, like I say, if it was Mahomes doing it, like, it was, like they, they wouldn't have blown, they wouldn't have, I don't think they would have been a big deal about it. They would have said the same thing. But at the same time, like he's in, he's gonna be winning the MVPs and he's gonna be the best quarterback on the field. So I don't, I don't think they would have cared as much. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go first about about Kaepernick and uh, what you think all this means for the for the future. I think it's partly a trade by the NFL. Um, it's probably just a way to let teams work him out and check him out without somebody getting an overbearing of media attention. Like, oh well. They're bringing him in. Are they going to sign him? You know, that kind of thing. So I think it's a way to get everybody in one setting and just evaluate what he has. I don't think he gets picked up. I don't think he gets picked up for this year or next. I don't think he has it. I just think it's just a straight, just to say, hey, if we gave him a shot, he worked out. Nobody thought he was good enough. So, which could be true because the last time we saw him on the field, the 49ers, we see now, weren't the 49ers then his last two years and you know, he wasn't performing his best. He didn't win a lot of games. So, who knows what's, what's left in store for Colin. But as far as, like you said, about the kneeling or just the talent doing outlandish things, he took a stance. But guys like Marshawn Lynch have always sat down during the national anthem. Nobody really really cared or noticed. Um, I'm not sure what it was that made it a big thing with Colin. But... I guess his speaking out and all the things he did post doing it when they kind of started getting attention, that's kind of what pushed him out of the league. Along with bad performance, it wasn't just the actions along with bad performance. He wasn't accurate. He was missing throws. You know, they weren't winning games. That's why they benched him for Blaine Gabbert. So his, when your acts, along with your talent, start to do, when your acts and your talent diminish all in the same capacity, it's not worth dealing with you. Right, and you got like I said, you got more examples. The, the you know, To always, I mean, apparently always getting into something, but teams still pick them up. Ocho Cinco, Randy Moss, and list goes on. And Ab will be back in the NFL. Like it, once that situation dies down, he'll be back too. Like it, it's it's always a, it's always the talent that, that the NFL will you know kind of cover their eyes on, on on you as long as you got NFL talent. Tyreek Hill been in a situation so many times. I mean, but he's the best, one of the best receivers in the game, and he's still there. So, I mean, out of all the teams that I I say that was going to be there, I mean, I think the only one that fits him because everything's about scheme. Uh, obviously, Baltimore will be a good one because the office coordinator Greg Roman's there. He coached Kaepernick in 49ers when he had success. He got Lamar Jackson in the MVP race. He got Robert Griffin when he comes in, looks solid. So he can. You know, that's that's a team, but it's like, is he going to be a third string behind Robert Griffin? Blah blah. And maybe Arizona. You got, you got. I mean, obviously, I don't know. Brent Brent Hundley is not good at football either. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Captain can't. It probably the same overall. And if you had to stack it up, so I mean, that I I saw that. I mean, I don't really see nobody else because Detroit, Stafford. That that's two different types of quarterbacks. Um, same thing with Cleveland, and the Jets and Giants. They really don't know what they want to do at all. So it's. I mean, I, I don't want him to go there anyway because those are not. <laughs> stable franchises in the first place. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. I, I wish we can get to see, like, highlights and stuff from it. 
um, Hugh Jackson is, is leading the drill, so I, I, I want to see what what happens. I, I hope hope they give they give us that insight. Um, before we go, we got three minutes left. Thursday night preview: Pittsburgh versus the Browns. Steelers five and four. The Browns are three and six. Both coming off of wins. Pittsburgh on a four game winning streak. Uh, who do you have, man, and why? I'm taking the Browns, man. I think they will uh, get some good defensive plays or special teams plays that they carry them. I don't believe in Mason Rudolph. I think he'll probably have a bad game. And Cleveland, they're trying to get on track. Odell may catch a bomb. I think just Miles Garrett may get a strip strip fumble sack, something like that. It'll be a low-scoring game, probably like 23-20. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a roll with the Steelers with the same exact sto- uh, score. Uh, I, I, something got to give. I think the Hutt and Chubb, when we talk about the Chubb, Browns, if they run the ball, they're going to win the game. And Pittsburgh hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher yet this season. So something got to give tonight, whether that's the Steelers' defense showing up again or will it be the Browns' running attack because they will run the ball because it opens up Baker Mayfield, opens up everything. Now, if Pittsburgh does lose the game, it's because, just like the Bills, the offense couldn't make enough plays. And and what you're saying is true about missing Rudolph. I don't believe he's the guy. But um, if Pittsburgh can hold him under 20 points, they can win the game. That's you know that's then that that's the goal. So um, I think it's gonna be a good one, a good AFC North battle. Oh man, both teams need it because uh, Browns lose this one. It it, 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 it it ain't looking pretty. You already, you already have seven losses, and nine and seven may or may not be enough to get in. So um, it's a big one for both teams because the, the Ravens play the Texans this this week. Who knows if they win or lose that game? But if they do lose and Pittsburgh wins, now you're only a game back, and you still got to play the Ravens again. So they need this win. They can't. They they can't drop it. So um, that's, that's really all the time we got for today, man. The prophets are here again. Same time next week, live at 7 p.m. You catch us on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Hey, man. Pittsburgh won't win. I got it. I got a feeling Pittsburgh gonna win. <laughs> I got to go with the Browns, but I still have a little hope for making the playoffs. I got to roll with it. But if they do lose, it'll be because it's Baker Mayfield's fault. Minka took another peek to the house. <laughs> hey, Minka may, may score more than Baker tonight. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, we'll catch y'all next week, man. The promise. We out. We out. As different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. 